Hello, everybody, and welcome to another conversation about software engineering. This is Joy Clark, and today on the Case Podcast, we're going to talk about Scala. Uh, I would like to welcome Sophia Cole to the show. Sophia is a Scala developer at ITV. Welcome to the show, Sophia. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so just to get started out, um, my first question would be, like, what your journey was. Um, you're a Scala developer, so how did you come about to start developing Scala? Yeah, so um, I didn't really know anything about computer science or programming or anything until I started a maths degree in university. And I really wasn't enjoying it. Uh, it, was a, it was very intense. And someone suggested that I do computer science as a sort of maths light, which was um, a stroke of fate, I think, because I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and that was the first experience. And we didn't do Scala on that course. Uh, we did Java and Python. And then um, I got my first job in London on a graduate scheme and uh, at Net-A-Porter. And the graduate scheme is really great because you get to try lots of different languages and different parts of technology. And I came across Scala on one of my um, teams. Uh, the team was learning Scala together. So that gave me a really good introduction. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. And that's how I stumbled across Scala. Cool. So is it your favorite language? Yes. And it's pretty <laughs> much the only one that I've really done in, in depth commercially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which gives me a bit of a different viewpoint, I think, than, than some other people. For sure. <laughs> uh, so can you describe the language? What is Scala? Um, what makes it what it is? Yeah, it's... Um, it runs on the JVM, so the Java Virtual Machine, and it's from one of the original um, Java com compiler developers, so Martin Odersky. Mm -hmm. He um, created it to be, I think, from what I've read on the internet, a better Java, but I don't want to misquote anyone. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's basically what it can look like. It looks like a better version of Java um, in terms of it runs on the same ecosystem, but um is more concise and, and has lots of different features. Um, it's got a really great community around it as well, I think, because it's not one of the bigger languages out there. I think the community comes together. And um, I really, yeah, I love the community. It's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. That's always an important part of any language, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've got so much support from people. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell me, like, what kind of languages it is? Is it object-oriented or...? imperative or functional so it's kind of like it's a high it's a hybrid I guess what you could say you can it implements different concepts so it has some OO concepts it also has some F, like functional concepts and I guess it depends on how far you want to go with it um I've always um well I started off writing it like Java mm -hmm. and that was kind of the angle that we went in to learn and then slowly introduced more of the functional concepts into um, our code as I went along. I've also moved teams in that time, and the new team that I'm in is much more functional. Uh, but there are some developers who are happier sticking towards more of the object-orientated side of it. Um, other things about Scala is that it's general purpose, so you can do loads of different things with it. And um, the type system is one of its main benefits, I think. It's very, mm -hmm. a very strong static type system. Does it have any other benefits compared with other languages? Um, I think 
the type system definitely is really powerful. And I think something that Scala developers really love about the language is that once you've got the code compiling, you're almost, you're very likely to be there already. Like mm-hmm. you can really rely on the compiler to do a lot of the work for you. Um, I think the compatibility with Java is something that people really enjoy because you can make use of loads of Java libraries. Um, there's also a way where you can start switching over your Java um, code if that's something uh, angle you want to take in bringing Scala into your team. Um, people like it because it's concise. People like it because you can choose how functional you want to be with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think those are the benefits. The flexibility. Some people say maybe it's a con that it can be written in so many different ways. Um, but I like it. I think it keeps you thinking, gives you a bit mm-hmm. of a challenge. Yeah. Do you mix the, like, um, you can do both object-oriented and functional programming. Do you personally mix, like, both of them in a project, depending on what you want to do, or do you stick to one or the other? I think it depends. I've seen people um, do as much functional as they can and then um, kind of break some of the functional rules. So it would be more of the object-orientated ideas. Mm -hmm. So uh, you can be immutable in most of your code base, but then there are parts that aren't. And that's okay with Scala, I think. Well, it depends, I guess, on your personal preference. But you can definitely do it. Okay. Can you tell me just briefly what what it looks like syntax-wise? It looks quite similar to Java, uh, the curly brace syntax. Uh, It's quite, you can do a lot with it. So it's quite liberal with naming and um, what else? What does it look like? It's an interesting question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ecosystem is very similar to Java. Yeah. So it's especially in a podcast, asking you that <laughs> exactly. kind of mean. <laughs> Are you a screen with it on? Um, but yeah, again, as I said, it's it can vary in style quite a lot. I think if you're going to look at some code that's written very functionally, uh, you you could get intimidated by it. I, I get intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. You can write something very concise, but not very readable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a definitely an in-between that people try and land on. So not too crazy. You want people to be able to read what you've written. Mm-hmm. Um, How easy it, is it to read code that other people write? Um, I, again, I think it depends on um, their style. We've really pushed in our team to keep readability mm-hmm. at, at priority. So you can do something in one line. doesn't mean you should do something in one line. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it depends. I think it's a really important thing for your team to decide on. Yeah. yeah. So like all, all other languages, you just have to work hard to make code look nice. <laughs> I think Scala maybe. In, as opposed to Java is a bit harder to do that because there is so much flexibility. Oh, okay. But if you prioritize it, it's not a problem. I think Scala can be really nice to read most of the time, especially if you compare it to more uh, so languages like Python or mm-hmm. even JavaScript. I think it's easier to read. Do you know what kind of applications are mainly written in Scala or is it just all different kinds? I think actually the word Scala comes from scalable. Mm-hmm. Um, on the user side so uh you can use it for i've used it for scripts i've used it for i've seen it used for big monoliths although um that's not something that i've worked on uh so yeah everything i know i know that a lot of um people use it for big data so spark Mm -hmm. you can use with scala 
there's loads of Coursera courses that concentrate on big data. Um, I know that functional programming um, as a concept is good for concurrency because uh, you get the immutability. Uh, Scala has futures and actors that help towards the concurrency, the concurrent programming. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that people have used it for Android applications and um, AWS Lambda. and Yeah, it can be really used for so many different things. Great. Yeah. Can you do like embedded stuff on it? Like with it? Uh, sorry, what do you mean? I mean like on a, well, I guess Android would be kind of embedded. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I've concentrated more on back-end systems, Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Me too. But I, I always think it's interesting, like, as far as what language is good for, there's there's the, like, big data aspect, and then there's people who want to write, like, programs yeah. that run on a microprocessor Raspberry Pi and still are really, like, really great performance. And um, so, but I don't know. You probably can. The question is I just... I don't know. Yeah, I guess good. Because <laughs> recently um, I was writing some... Um, AWS AWS Lambda, sorry. And um, I know people do it. Um, Someone who used to work at ITV has actually made a a toolkit, an SBT AWS Lambda toolkit, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. But recently I had the task to do that and I actually opted to use Node, which isn't something I, I write at all, but it just felt lighter. I think Scala, there's a certain um, durability to it, a certain... Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I feel that from, but something like Node feels lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you can you like maybe describe the kind of tooling that's available to develop Scala? Yeah. So uh, I guess the main tool everyone uses with Scala is um, SBT, which is the build tool. Uh, it's very easy to use. So that. Um, is great yeah uh, i use intellij the ide mm-hmm. to write scala and that has um plugins available and that works really well i know um i've heard great things about enzyme which you can use with lots of text editors that's got great scala support as well so there's 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 lots out there um yeah i don't really know <laughs> what more mm. are there any like libra- what libraries or frameworks are often used in Scala, or that so, you, do you use? <laughs> yeah, so when I first started Scala, I think uh, there's a framework called Play, mm-hmm. um, and I found that really good to get started with Scala. It's the documentation's great, um, but it is a bit heavy if when you know what you're doing, when you know exactly what you need from something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but perfect for beginners. That's what got me going. Um, there's a essential Play book. Mm-hmm. that is excellent and that really gets you up and running with Scala very quickly um I'd say moving on from that I use HTTP4S which is a uh, another framework for mm-hmm. HTTP um that kind of stuff that works really well very lightweight and gets you what you need mm-hmm. um if you're going to move more towards the functional side of programming with Scala um, I recommend using one of the helper libraries. So you've got Scala Z or Cats. Those both give you a lot of the, the functional elements to coding that help you along. You can do it without it, but I find them quite useful. Uh, I guess if people are up for a challenge, something that's kind of hot topic at the moment is shapeless. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a book going around that everyone is obsessed with called the astronaut's guide to scala um by dave ganell with underscore everyone's raving about that so if anyone's uh uses scala and wants a bit of a challenge i highly recommend that is um do you people in the Scala community often use test-driven development or are there other um, ways, what kind of testing uh, is done? Uh, our team very much big on TDD mm-hmm. and pairing. Um, and I think those two work really well together. Uh, I find TDD to be far more popular now than it was maybe a year or two ago. Uh, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's the main way people um, develop code nowadays. Um, so especially I think racing to green is a great TD slash pairing way to do things. Uh, so writing a failing test, maybe one of you can write the failing test and the other one can get it to pass. And I think that's nice, small stints of coding Mm. that help time go really quickly. Um, but yeah, uh, there's also Gatling, which has a Scala DSL, which is great for low testing. And I think that's a nice way to squeeze some Scala code into your code base if it's something you want to try. Mm-hmm. So that that's always a good one. What's um, uh, Java interrupt like? I mean, can you go, you said you could use Java libraries in Scala. Can you go the other way as well? Um, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't tried. I haven't tried okay. that one. But there's so many Java libraries out there that um, I don't think I've ever needed to go the other way. Um <laughs> So you just leave Java and like, I'm never going to go back to Java. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Unless someone forces me. (laughs) I I, I do use still Java libraries quite often just because, as I said, there's so many of them. uh, You haven't got Scala alternatives for everything. Mm -hmm. But um, I would always choose a Scala alternative if I could. Like what (laughs) kinds of Java libraries? Um, what's one that I've tried recently? I think, um, is it AWS? Do they have, theirs is Java, I think. Um, RabbitMQ has a Java one, but I think ITV has open sourced their Scala layer on top. So actually you can do that with Scala now. Um, Yeah, those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. But um, we're slowly getting a lot of Scala ones instead. It's probably like um, a bit of, I mean, cause, because this type system in Scala is so much stronger than in Java. Um, yeah. I can imagine like using Java libraries might not be as nice. It's, it's, it's usable. It's okay. I think mm-hmm. you can, you can get it back into the Scala world very quickly from using the library. So um, have a layer that uses the library and then bring it back up to Scala as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. That's our uh, way of doing it, but it's okay. I don't have any problems with using Java libraries usually. Okay. Um, well, I just realized we talked a lot about it being like strongly typed, but didn't really talk about what that means. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, could you briefly explain uh, what it means to be a strongly typed language? So everything um, has a type, so you wouldn't necessarily... Uh, but I say everything. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily pass around strings in your code, for example. Mm-hmm. You would um, uh, give it a, a type or you would uh, create what's a case class that um, holds data. And 
uh, pass that around and that is a type in itself. I think I'm not very good at the the academics of these kinds <laughs> of things. I just use it and 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 that's about it. And I love that it works, but I don't really know <laughs> the bits behind it. Um, but I just know that type systems mean that when I compile my code, I'm fairly happy that it's going to work because everything fits together. And when you um, develop something, a function, a, um, so on, you can basically write it through types. You know what you're getting in um, and you know what's coming out and then you can uh, get the function to do what you want based on the types, mm-hmm. which is really something that can drive your development quite easily. I hope I explained that. As I said, I'm not great at the, the academics behind these things. I just use it and love mm-hmm. it and uh, appreciate it, but I should really learn more of the behind the scenes. Do you understand what a monad is? <laughs> Does anyone understand what a monad is? I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> That's what I was asking. <laughs> Running joke a few years ago of what is a monad and it was burritos and all sorts scattered around and um, I know how to use one. It's uh, so. How do you use a monad? It's a. Uh, it's uh, you're getting. I'm getting tested now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's something that you can um map over or flat map over if um, anyone's aware of what those mean it's getting inside of something so the the um the visualization of a burrito mm-hmm. is a monad wrap wrapping something up and it means that you can work on the inside of something mm-hmm. okay. using scala methods i hope i did that okay no I'm it's gonna- okay um <laughs> I, I'm sorry. It's a really difficult question. So uh, I do functional programming as well, but I also can't describe yeah. what a, a monad is usually. And so you know what monad is okay. Now you're you're turning the question back <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, oh. I, I have said to other people like, don't worry too much about the terminologies and the jargons, and uh, you get things like algebraic data types and mm-hmm. monads and all of these different words and my advice to anyone who's like me who struggles with those <laughs> kinds of things is to just use it use it and then when one day somebody explains it to you you're like oh yeah of course I know what that is rather mm-hmm. than um trying to focus on um definitions and things like that I find those quite hard yeah no I, I completely agree um, yeah yeah I, I find it a bit like for like oh like especially the Haskell um, Haskell mm. it's like oh but we need monads yeah like really <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah yeah it's a it's a tricky one because I know those kinds of things can make code really cool and mm-hmm. work really really well and it's really impressive actually to be able to use and explain especially mm-hmm. I think that maybe monads the easiest right because yeah maybe monad either has something or doesn't have something <laughs> we have a uh, either either okay either something or something else okay. yeah That's a good monad. yeah so you can apply a function to the maybe and if it has it then it applies it to the thing inside and if not it just yeah. doesn't <laughs> yeah so uh, the easiest probably one is futures oh are futures monads are they? Oh, don't tell me they're not. I have Wait. no idea. They probably are. <laughs> I just never really thought about it. Um, 
Yeah, they're bound to be. I think. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, I know either is definitely okay. Good. But yeah, you can work on the inside of an either without having to really worry about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Again, I apologize for the difficult question. I was hoping you would like. You know, I was thinking we can we can help each other figure out how yeah. to explain a monad. You know. Yes, and um, I know it's really helpful to other people to. I try to not worry about sounding silly yeah. or because I know it must be really useful to other people who feel like me that not everyone knows the answers yeah, yeah. to things, but they're still okay. I'm still producing good code. I'm still, I still have a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually think that's great advice. Um, just getting started with functional programming. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you uh, mentioned, are you an active member of the Scala community? I try to be. I, I, I try to be. Um, I try to get involved as much as possible. Uh, I love going to the conferences, mm-hmm. uh, not just for hearing the talks, but to um, be involved in the community, talk to loads of people, hearing what everyone's up to, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I enjoy. Uh, I try to blog, but I'm not great at keeping up with it. Um, but yeah, I try my best. I think it's hard when you've got a full-time job and then you've got other things going on. Yeah, for sure. The Scala community, whenever I go to a conference or I, um, go to these kinds of things, it really inspires me to do more in my spare time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, life takes over. (laughs) Yeah. You mean you actually want to have a life and program at the same time? (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I know you did do a couple of talks at conferences, so we'll link those in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I um, I sorry, I'm on the side like googling whether future is a scar is a scar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a future a monad question of the week. It's not clear, so there you go. Okay. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't think it maybe is. Maybe we actually. need to write a future monad <laughs> blog post. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did I miss your question? Uh, no. Um, is there anything like in your, um, I don't know where you're based, but in your city, like um, local community? Or- so yeah, it's London. So we have plenty. Uh, <laughs> of the London, London Scala user group, we have um, Scala Central. Um, they're the two main ones that pop out as meetups. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have the Scala Exchange Conference, which is in December. That's a pretty big one, which is always fun to go to. Okay. Uh, when you started, you said you started working at a company that was introducing Scala. Was it, um, was, were they just getting started with Scala in the, in the, um, in the company or I, I don't know, or was it like, um, they just decided to add people to the team? Um, how was was, were they just adopting Scala in the organization or was it already like pretty widespread? Uh, there were one or two teams already using Scala, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't much expertise in the company. And that team was quite small and they they had a lot to get on with. Um, and we were based in a different building as well. So when they introduced Scala to our team, everyone in the team was new at it, mm-hmm. completely new at it, completely hadn't uh, used it at all 
we um but that team did spend some time with us i think the main thing that helped us was bringing some uh well outsourcing some of our training and having mm-hmm. someone with us all the time that really worked very well and um yeah we were all very new to it it was a really interesting time to join that team yeah so did did you ever have to sell it try to sell it to a manager or to a company um like move away from java try scala fortunately not i think um the decision had been made before we got there mm-hmm. um i think by that other team but many people i've i've done talks around scala at conferences and it's mm-hmm. the biggest thing that people come up to me afterwards and say uh, how do I get management to buy in? How do I get people to let me uh, use this and try this? And it's a hard sell, but I think it's worth it. But that's mm-hmm. my own opinion. I don't know if management think that or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. But did you, hope- did you face any resistance like with from other teams who weren't using it? I don't, I don't know how that would be. No, we did. We, um, so our team was one of about three or four in a certain domain mm-hmm. and our team, you know, dived straight in, started making Scala microservices, et cetera. Um, and we tried, management tried to get the other teams on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, sorry, the developers that were naturally, not naturally, but originally from Perl backgrounds. And there was a lot of resistance. And I think the main thing that they did was just to try and inspire and excite people with Scala. So uh, our team was used as kind of a uh, look what they're doing kind of thing. We were very much working on Greenfield projects, um, getting up and running really quickly. We were all very enthusiastic. And I think it did seep out into the other teams. And and Scala, Scala, I think, for people who aren't in it yet, can be quite daunting because it has a reputation of being hard to learn. And... Um, it's not as mainstream as Java and, and there's not a huge amount of jobs out there. Mm-hmm. And it, there's this question of, is it going to last? Because it's, it's, it is growing, but is, is it going to last? There's been other languages that have grown this far, but maybe not lasted the distance. But I think so far we're proving everyone, well, I don't know if we're proving them wrong, but we're proving that Scala's sticking around uh, <laughs> for at least now. And Another thing I think I didn't say about Scala is that there's always more challenges to look at. And I think you never really rest on your laurels as such. I think other developers I've met who have been coding for 20 years feel like they they know their language that they're using inside out. And um, although I, I'm quite young in the language and stuff, I, I feel like the reaction from people in the community Community, there's always something else to look at. There's always another challenge around the corner. There's always something mm-hmm. you look at to keep you motivated. And yeah, I really, I really like that part of Scala as well. Is, it, can, is the uh, language also being like getting new features? Uh, um, I don't know what the the development cycle of the language itself is like. It feels like there's always things changing in the community. Um, I think more so on the libraries that are being created and. Um, but although there's just been a, uh, so Scala 2.12 was a big um, release and that's brought about some great changes. But I would say mostly concentrating on there's a really active community that's always writing new libraries, always something interesting around the corner, always some big announcement at a conference. And that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, are there any techniques a company can use in order to train their employees? So, yeah, I've had some experience with this, um, as I said, bringing Scala into the last company I was at. Uh, I found loads of different resources um, through that. I think everyone talks about the Coursera courses, the mm-hmm. functional programming Scala. Uh, that's got a great uh, yeah, following. Uh, there's also what everyone deems the Red Book, which is functional programming Scala. Um, oh, I can't remember the authors, but I'll let you know after this. Uh, that Everyone reads that. Everyone does that. It's a very hard book to do. There's lots of exercises, but that's great. I think those two are best when you're already in Scala, when you're already comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. There's plenty for beginners. There's uh, a company, well, an organization called Underscore. They've open sourced all of their resources, mm-hmm. which is great because I learned with um, one of the guys from Underscore and he walked us through all of, all of the books. So they've got Essential Scala, Essential Play, um, and they're all available now. So I highly recommend those for beginners. Um, techniques, I would say thing that helped us the most as I said was bringing someone from the outside in to help us and having a um, project to work on where you had lots of space to make mistakes Mm -hmm. lots of space to throw away code that you think you can now do better Uh, nothing too nothing with too much investment in it I know that sounds hard because you're going to be building things for a company but um we found to have a little service that did something for us that we we still used. It was still really useful. But if we have to um, replace it or make it better, we have that space to do so without being worried about making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and another one that I always like to suggest to people is Hack Days, because I feel like I've learned the most through Hack Days. Mm-hmm. Um, giving your people, I guess, company team time to explore new technologies without um too much investment so uh you can decide to try something without writing it in your code base your production code base um is really beneficial because otherwise you just get so much tech debt and so many bad decisions mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to throw it away yeah <laughs> uh, oh and blog posts so looking at people's experiences online Uh, Loads of people um, have really taken on writing blog posts and reading about people's experiences has always helped me. Mm -hmm. I've done a few online. Um, I know there's loads online. So, yeah, I highly recommend doing that too. Makes you feel not so much alone. Mm -hmm. Did did you usually uh, just kind of try stuff out on your own or did you do pair programming or um, any other like mob programming or anything else like that? tried all of those I think uh I think the default was pair programming which was great because again you didn't feel by yourself you were exploring new things with someone else but giving yourself time to uh make mistakes without feeling embarrassed is also important too Mm -hmm. um tended to do that more at home or um finding odd time throughout the day rather than it be the default because too much of that can also be a bit demotivating because you don't mm-hmm. tend to, if especially if you're brand new at something, you don't tend to know exactly what you're doing. So uh, a mixture of those. I've also um, 
been in a been in a training session like a workshop where we've done mob programming and it worked well for what it worked for I wouldn't suggest it as a as a regular thing because I think people who are a little bit quieter or a little less confident don't get to um benefit benefit from that as much mm-hmm. but uh it's interesting to see how it happens and how it works and get everyone's personalities on board and yeah it's definitely interesting I wouldn't say it was a great way to learn okay. so what would be like your pitch if you were to try to sell it to someone who's never used it before um then what would you tell them? Um, I'd say it was an interesting challenge. So I feel like I I really like maths mm-hmm. and I really love problem solving. And I feel like Scala gave me those that kind of satisfaction mm-hmm. in ways that Java didn't. And I don't know if I can put my finger on it. Um, I don't know whether it's the functional aspects or the cool little things that you can do with Scala, like pattern matching and four comprehensions. Um, so I don't know how much detail to go in with those, but you can do all these neat little things that give me the same feeling that maths mm-hmm. and uh, problem solving do. So that's my pitch on how I find Scala to work with um, on a more of a, pitch to your team or pitch to your managers kind of talk Mm -hmm. I'd say that well I went to a talk a few months ago now and it was a really interesting one about how Scala can attract the best developers Mm -hmm. and um it's quite it's not mainstream I would say yet Scala is getting there it's very much getting there but I wouldn't put it up there with Java you're getting these developers that are interested in um, more of an academic style language, some a language that has a reputation for maybe being a little bit hard to learn, but has interesting challenges with it. Um, I'd also say that um, it's one of the challenges that comes with Scala, uh, getting buy-in from management, because there are less developers out there, but I think you get the really good ones, mm-hmm. although I'm very biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I haven't actually. I, I've been. I've been playing with the idea of of trying out Scala, and I haven't had the time. But mm-hmm. like, it sounds interesting. Um, it's on my to do list. Uh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> so that you just convinced me now that I have to go <laughs> try it out. Um, <laughs> well, I don't have any more questions. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say about Scala? Oh, it's a big question. <laughs> Give it a go. There's loads of resources online. There's, um, I saw one today, I think I've mentioned it before, where there's, it's interactive on the browser. So that's really fun to just go and try, see if you like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, the community is super welcoming. And we're trying really hard to be um, diverse and inclusive and interesting and challenging and all the good things. So it's a good place to be. And I would say it's up and coming. I like it. It feels a little bit cool. I don't know why, but maybe I'm on my own. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you're on your own. (laughs) I do like Scala, really like Scala. So that's always a good place to be. (laughs) 
That sounds good. Well, thank you so much for um, taking the time to answer all my questions. No problem. It was it was fun. <laughs> I, I hope I hope I answered them all. I'm going to have so many people telling me that I did things wrong, but I guess that's part of learning. Yeah. Well, if you ever <laughs> find out a great definition for a monad, let me know. Okay, I will. I'm on the hunt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and to all our listeners, um, thank you be for listening. Good, be, be kind to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, be kind to, to us. Um, okay. So to all our listeners, until next time. <laughs>